We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everyone and welcome to another episode of a pack a day podcast wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making this part of your day my name is nick schmitz i'll be your host on this sunday post draft we've got uh, all seven rounds in the books now there's a lot of new faces for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Friday and Saturday, we had te- uh, our teams covering the first uh, three, four rounds there for you guys. So we're actually going to be taking a look at today at rounds four through seven, uh, all the draft coverage that you need here with the Packers. Um, joined, as always, by Mike and Gage. And guys, real quickly, before we get into um, rounds four through seven for the Packers here, uh, I did something that I thought might be a little bit fun. Um, maybe you guys know, maybe you don't. So I guess it depends on your knowledge how much fun this is going to be. But uh, we were, it's always kind of interesting to see who Mr. Irrelevant is uh, every year uh, within the NFL draft. And there is yet to be a Mr. Irrelevant that has made a Pro Bowl. Um, but so I figured I, w- I, I took a look at this. Do you guys know how many times the Packers have picked Mr. Irrelevant? Do either of you have any idea how many times the Packers have taken the last pick in the draft? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm going to guess zero or one, though. Like, if I had to just take a guess, it'd be like zero or one. Okay, Mike, what about you? I'm going to guess, say three, because I'm guessing back in the 60s when they were the champions, they got the last pick three years in a row. Okay. Well, so I, I've looked it up, and I think it actually, I think Mr. Irrelevant as an official thing started in the 70s, um, if I remember correctly. But so since it became a thing, the Packers have taken Mr. Irrelevant two times. They drafted Mr. Irrelevant in 1987. Uh, Norman Jefferson, don't know anything about him. He played defensive back, and he appeared in 14 games for the Packers, or 14 games in his career. I don't know if they were all with the Packers. Um, and then in 97, after they won the Super Bowl with Favre the first time, um, Ronnie Makeda, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, um, he played quarterback and never appeared in the game in the NFL. So I thought it might be a little bit fun to, to throw that out there with uh, Mr. Irrelevant always being a kind of an interesting topic. But uh, we're not here for Mr. Irrelevant because Green Bay did not pick Mr. Irrelevant this year. Um, 
So starting in the fourth round, uh, Green Bay uh, taking, uh, oh, and you guys are going to have to help me with this. It's bad that I don't even know. Romeo, how, how, how do you pronounce Romeo's last name? Is it? Ups. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how to guess. Ah, it's Romeo you know, Dubs. Romeo as, Dubs. Uh, Mike, as Mike uh, chimed in, Romeo Dubs there. Romeo Dubs. Okay, so it, it is pronounced how I thought it was. I just uh, the O was throwing me off there. So Romeo Dubs, uh, wide receiver out of Nevada, six two two oh one. Another wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um, probably not as uh, highly anticipated this year um, as uh, maybe uh, the other wide receiver taken in the second round, but. Um, Mike, looking at Romeo Dubs, um, you know, obviously probably not going to be uh, a starter day one. Um, he'll be interesting to see where he fits in on the roster right away. Um, he's got obviously good size at 6'2 and some pretty good speed. Um, but uh, what do you like about Romeo Dubs if, uh, you know, just, just looking initially at him uh, as being a wide receiver for the Packers? Well, he may not be as tall, but he's your MVS guy. Uh, he's a deep threat, very vertical receiver. He gets up the field really well. Uh, his unofficial 40 was a 4.47. He ran last week in front of some people. He was a big play guy in Nebraska, got deep a lot, and he's a good returner. Uh, the team brought him in for a visit, one of, I think, six guys that they drafted that came in for visits during their top 30 visits. Uh, and, and Dubs, he was a guy mocked to Green Bay a lot in recent weeks and he, he fits it he's gonna be that deep threat that they're looking for he's gonna be a returner and compared with christian watson who's gonna be like a, a do-it-all type guy dubs is gonna be there to get down the field and make those big plays like we saw with mvs even if he doesn't quite have the pure deep speed that mvs had he'll probably be in a similar type role to that at least early on and gage when we're looking at him just from you know, obviously no player taken in the fourth round is going to be perfect. Um, it's just some of the weaknesses we're looking at here, linear and limited with his uh, route running ability. Um, there's a couple of things I'm noting here from some of these scouts uh, saying that he's going to have trouble releasing past press defenders um, and his routes could be redirected and thrown off schedule, which um, that one right there is just with Aaron Rodgers. We know how precise he is. Um, obviously, it's something he's going to have to work on. Uh, but I mean, right out the gate, I just that's something that stands out to me as somebody Aaron Rodgers. He wants to know you're going to be in the right spot that he expects you to be in. Um, so that's clearly something that in order to kind of get into a regular rotation, he's probably going to have to get a lot better at. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you also have to factor in who he was playing with. He had Carson Strong was his quarterback there in Nevada. Carson Strong didn't even get drafted. Part of that is obviously due to the fact that he dealt with some injuries, which held him back. But there's still just this draft class was historically bad there. The, there was one taken in the first round and then the next one wasn't taken until the third round. So I'm going to go ahead and take it with a grain of salt that a guy playing with one of these quarterbacks that was considered good for the position in Carson Strong. The fact that he struggled, I'm going to go ahead and give him take a take a little bit of a take a little, a little easy here. I think that Dubs is a he's a big guy, 6'2", 201. I think that he's got good size. I think that he has decent speed. I think that he has the ability to work kind of close to the line of scrimmage. And you said that Aaron Rodgers likes to be on schedule. But at the same time, we've seen that Aaron does have a tendency to get off script at times. And when he gets off script, that's when you kind of just have to freewheel it. 
when Dubs is was playing on schedule and using his like he's got he's got good for footwork at the line of scrimmage, which there's a guy that I know everybody in Packerland is familiar with who had really great footwork at the line of scrimmage, Devontae Adams. Definitely not the same caliber of player, but Devontae didn't always didn't have the best speed, so he won with footwork and good hand fighting. Dubs has good hands. He's got he's got big hands. He's got good length. He's got good footwork at the line of scrimmage. So if he can find ways to get open early, then he doesn't have to necessarily be exactly in the right spot at the right time because he's going to be open early on. So he, you're right. He's probably not going to be a day one starter, but he does have skills that he can develop and become a starter or a contributor for this team. I guess very quickly before we kind of move on, just looking at his numbers that he had that up. In four years there, he had at least 40 catches, at least 550 yards, and two touchdowns every year. Had over 3,000 career receiving yards, 80 catches, 1,100 yards last year, 11 touchdowns. Also averaged 12.5 yards per punt return and, and took one back in 37 punt returns over four years as well. So, he again, a very productive receiver for Nevada. Averaged almost 15 yards per catch as well. Jess. He did. He was their guy. He was their number one receiver for basically four years, and that kind of production, that kind of experience, is very valuable. And I would think that Green Bay is going to find a way to use him uh, right away. You know, whether it's in the return game, I'm sure he's going to contribute on special teams uh, to start the season. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch him uh, work in that receiver room, knowing that, you know, for the most part, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's it's super open necessarily for him, but uh, there's definitely a, a lot of room um, and uh, potential to be able to get some playing time with the current wide receiver room. So uh, going from wide receiver to offensive line here, uh, Zach Tom taken uh, also in the fourth round uh, out of Wake Forest. He's 6'4", 304. Um, you know, Nice big offensive lineman. We've seen now that Gude Kunst has made offensive line a very, um, uh, what's the word, uh, prominent position as far as his draft. I think I saw somewhere this is the third straight year he's taken at least three offensive linemen in the draft. So it's obviously a position that he views as important. Um, so Zach Tom here, just, you know, Gage looking at some of the strengths here, um, says it's got, he's got excellent intelligence. He's a three-year starter, um, makes fluid blocks, fluid block adjustments in space. Um, so looking at him, I mean, obviously later round pick, you're probably year one looking at a depth pick here, but, um, you know, we've seen Green Bay in the past use later round picks on offensive linemen that turn out to be pretty decent starters. So, I mean, you know, initial thought on Zach Tom coming in and probably what starting out as a depth role, you think for Green Bay? Yeah, he'll probably be a depth guy. Six four three zero four. So he's got great. He's got good, good height on him. He has played a little bit of tackle in the past. He projects more as a, as a guard at the next level, just to, mainly due to arm length. He's not like he, uh, he doesn't have the best arms, but here's what he does have a ton of athleticism. All of these are the 92nd percentile or higher for him among offensive linemen. This and not just this isn't just guards. This isn't just tackles. This is offensive linemen in general. 92nd in the 20 yard shuttle, 95th in the three cone, 98th in the broad jump, 93rd in the vert jump, 95th in the 40, 93rd in the 10 yard split. So he is a crazy athlete for a guy at 6'4", 304. So he's got great size. He has the ability to play. A little, a little bit of everywhere. Most 
places are mocking him and projecting him to be a center at the next level, which obviously you have. Uh, we drafted Myers last year, so there's not a ton of need for him at center right now. But just having a guy that's versatile, has played a little bit everywhere, is never a bad thing to have. Don't know where he's going to play for Green Bay. But if he can come in and just iron sharpens iron, the old just put your best five guys out there, which granted we saw last year that Adam Sinovich and the offensive line staff more or less made a decision to not necessarily go with that for the playoffs. But I think that they're going to fix that this year. They're going to constantly try and put their best five out there, who, whoever that may be. If that's like whatever their best five combination is, they'll find a way to get those five guys on the field. So I think that Tom will, even if he's not contributing from day one, he's going to push and make sure that the guys in front of him are earning their spots. He's not just going to roll over and give them a free spot. Absolutely. And I mean, offensive line is definitely a position that Green Bay has done well with over the years, uh, whether it's first round, second round. I mean, what Bakhtiari is a fourth round pick, if I if I'm thinking correctly. So, I mean, that is correct. He was a fourth round pick. Yep. Exactly. And now he's what considered to be the best left tackle in the league. So uh, just because Zach Tom is taken in the fourth round here again, wouldn't expect him necessarily to be a day one starter with the Packers. But um, especially in Green Bay, it's not unheard of for some of these later round picks to, you know, turn into really great offensive linemen. And so, Mike, I mean, just looking at some of these, um, you know, obviously everybody's got a downside to him. So just some of the scouts looking at him slender through uh, his waist and hips. So, um, you know, catches some contact at the point of attack. Uh, some think that he needs to be a little bit more aggressive coming into contact. Um, but uh, just looking at him, you know, thoughts, you know, things that he can improve upon to uh, really push some of these starters and, you know, uh, make a case for potentially being a starter down the road for the Packers. For a starting job this year, uh, I, I, threw, I truly believe that. Uh, Zach Cruz and others have, have, have commented on Tom going before the draft. He is the most Packersy prospect in the draft at any position. He is elite everywhere if you rate him as a guard, except for his weight. He's a little, a uh, little slender at 304 at six foot four, and he only benched 24, but that's fine. His broad jump, 99th percentile among guards. His three cone, 98th percent. Ten yard split, 99th percent. He is an elite athlete. He was a multi-year starter at center to start at Wake Forest. Then they kicked him out to left tackle, and he was one of the best pass-blocking tackles in the entire country in 2021. He is really good in space. He is really good getting to that second level. He's got enough nasty, and I, I see a lot of J.C. Treader in his game, if you want to use a former Packer. can play anywhere on the line. He's smart enough to play center. He's athletic enough to play tackle. His frame probably makes him a better fit at guard. But he's a guy who's going to play everywhere on this line. And he is going to step in right away. He may not be a starter right away, but he is going to see snaps in some way, whether it's on special teams, whether it's as a sub, an injury fill-in. He is going to be on the field early and often in Green Bay right away. And, and he was, and it just made sense that a guy like this, with this athletic profile, with this kind of versatility and this kind of pedigree at what he did at Wake Forest, was going to be a Packer. And when, when I was watching the draft, I was cooking a little bit. My family told me that they dropped this guy from Wake Forest. And I said, Zach Tom, and they looked at me like, how did you know that? It just makes sense. He is the quintessential Packers mid-round lineman prospect there. He is the archetype of what they're looking for. Well, and I mean, like, like we've said, offensive line, definitely a position that Green Bay values a lot and has done a very good job drafting. So 
Um, it'll be interesting to watch him through uh, through this year and into the future to see, you know, exactly where he ends up with the Packers. But um, moving into the fifth round here, um, what is it, Kingley? In- Man, some of these names. Is it Kingsley in- Anigbare is the name that you are looking at there, sir. Uh, pass rusher out of South Carolina, 6'4", 258. He is a, yes. he's a big fella. That's for sure. Yes. He's, uh, he lacks a little bit as a pass rusher right now, hand fighting wise, but he's got a lot of power to him. He's got a lot. He's got he's got some athleticism with him. Got a good push pull move, and the main benefit to him, he's not going to have to play from day one. That's the benefit of getting these guys on day three. When you can get a guy that's six four, two sixty, that's a big rare athlete that you don't get just every day. And you're trying to find guys that can maybe contribute moving de- moving down the road. And he's got good length. He can play behind Gary Preston and maybe be able to do something more as the season wears on and he gets to possibly crack the pass rush rotation. And one thing also with him is at 6'4", he verticaled 36 and a half. So he's going to get in some passing lanes. I think that's going to be a big thing as well. You get him on the field as your edge three. And if a team tries to do a smoke screen out, he can get his hand up and maybe cause some deflections, cause some crazy plays to happen. Very productive guy. Seven tackles for loss each of the last three years in the SEC. That's pretty good when there's there wasn't much a ton around him. He was facing some of the best blocking that the SEC had to offer, and he was still productive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Absolutely. Well, and, you know, again, talking about linebacker, um, depth is always something, obviously, in the later rounds. Um, some of his uh, prospect grade is, you know, good back, but the potential would develop into a starter, which, you know, is a perfect position for someone like him being able to, you know, not necessarily, like we, like you guys said, you know, not needing to um, necessarily contribute from day one, uh, but definitely has that talent and the ability to, um, you know, really be able to sit and learn and develop into, you know, potential um, depth player that can, that can help out in pass rushing situations and, um and then obviously he's probably going to be expected to contribute a little bit on special teams as well in his rookie season. So, um, you know, just obviously good depth for Green Bay here in the fifth round, um, at, at, you know, at a position that obviously is, um, you know, obviously great to have good depth at. So uh, moving to the seventh round here, Green Bay not having a sixth round pick. Um, uh, Tariq Carpenter is, is Tariq, right? First name? Uh, so Tyree Carpenter, linebacker out of Georgia Tech, 6'3", 230. Um, you know, obviously we're getting into the later rounds here with, uh, you know, the seventh round. So um, not as much uh, on some of these guys, but I mean, he started four seasons. Um, and, uh, you know, what are, what are we looking at here? I mean, obviously we have more depth here at the linebacker position, Gage, but um you know, coming out of Georgia Tech, um, looks like he's probably going to be maybe an average backup or a special teamer for Green Bay to start off. Um, and then, you know, looks like here, though, uh, it says he's a was projected to be a fifth round pick. So getting him in the seventh round, maybe that's a little bit more value there for Green Bay as well. But um, obviously just another position of depth for Green Bay here in the seventh round. Yeah, no. And the point you hit the nail right on the head. He's going to be a death guy. He's going to contribute on special teams. We were talking about it a little bit before we got on that he's going to be a special teams guy. You have Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. That's your top two linebackers. It's those two and then everybody else. And Tariq Carpenter fits firmly in the area of go be an athlete on special teams. That's all you need to do. You don't need to do anything else right now. You're, he's a little bit of a tweener. He's he's really He's really skinny for a linebacker, but he's too big to be a safety. So he is the prototypical modern safety linebacker hybrid type guy. So for now, he's going to go and play with Rich Passaccia on special teams, and that's where he needs to go, and that's where he needs to make his hay. If a guy gets injured and he can step up and take that spot, that's one thing. But for now, he needs to focus on special teams and being good there, and we'll figure out the rest of it later. He's got great – he's got good bursts, so he's got good acceleration for his size, which is great to see, and that's – and he also has – really long he's got long arms so that's good for trying to take down some of these quicker pass or punt returners and kick returners such as like jakeem grant who's got crazy good speed but he's also not that big he's only like five six so if you got a guy that's got good size like carpenter does good size long arms good burst that translate well translates well to special teams and then occasional defensive uh rotations uh, for guys that may be tired or whatnot so you know, looking looking at if you want to look at other former Packers, remember the name Sean Richardson back in 2012, 2013, 2014? Safety, 6'2, 215, long-armed, played special teams, hit things. Carpenter's that guy. He is gonna go out there, they're gonna tell him, go get the returner and, and bring him to the ground as hard as you can possibly can. I'm not expecting him to play a snap from scrimmage in 2022 or probably 2023. He's a guy, he is the Rick Bis- Rich Bisaccia guy 
who probably said, I want this guy on my special teams units. He is a dog, and that's what he's going to be. And that's that's all they're going to ask him to do. I want a quick note on Tariq Carpenter. Uh, he tweeted, this is an hour ago now. I was at about 6.45 p.m. Uh, he tweeted a picture of himself in a Packer champion, like Super Bowl champion T-shirt saying it's always been a dream of mine to be a Packer. So this guy who's from Georgia, he's not this isn't a kid from Wisconsin. He's not from he's not from up there. This is a kid that was from Georgia who said he's always wanted to be a Packer. And so now he is getting to live out that dream. And some tells me that this guy will it doesn't matter how he how he does it. I think that he'll go out and try and just be able to wear the green and gold. So if that means he has to become a special teams ace, then I think he's going to be more than willing to do that. I think Romeo Dubs had something similar, too. I think he said his mom was a big Packers fan, so he was really, really glad for her that he's going to be in Green Bay. Well, and I mean, that's, you know, if that's the motivation you need as a, you know, a seventh round pick to, to, you know, make the roster and do all you can to, you know, contribute to the team. Those are guys that you're looking for, especially in these later rounds or, you know, guys that are highly motivated uh, by, you know, outside factors. So um, really good there for for Green Bay in the seventh round. Um, you know, some of these guys, some of these last three picks here, we'll run through them pretty quick. Um, next is Jonathan Ford, defensive tackle out of Miami. Now, here's uh, this is a guy that um, the, the, the draft grade here says he's a priority undrafted free agent. So. Um, given that that's the uh, the case here, it's probably why Green Bay ended up drafting him, just to uh, be able to make sure that they didn't have to compete with other teams to get him. But uh, out of Miami, 6'5", his draft profile says he's uh, 333 pounds, but I know we were talking before the show started, um, what he tweeted out uh, today that he, or not Oh, he, he said, no, it was, in his, uh, it was in his press conference that he said uh, he's 341 pounds as of uh, this recording. So 341 pounds. So that is a that is a big boy. Um, but obviously more depth there at the defensive tackle position. Um, but I mean, Mike, when we're looking at defensive tackle, it's a position that Green Bay, you know, addressed in the first round. They have Kenny Clark. Um, he's obviously not the only defensive tackle there. But um, for somebody like this seventh round, I mean, what's what's realistic for Packer fans to see out of him this year? Defensive line is now a very deep room with Devontae White in round one. Now you had Ford, you get you have Jerron Reed in there, you have TJ Slayton, Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry could be a little bit see could be getting a little warm if Ford looks really good in camp. He's a he's a big guy. Like you said, 6'5, 333 listed, 341 he said during his conference call. Vertical 29. So that also screams to me field goal block. So if, if he makes the team, if he makes the 53. He could be a guy who you put out there, get his hands up there, maybe get his hands on some kicks with especially longer range ones where they have to kick it lower, get that big paw out there. And, he, and he's a guy where he's not going to be rushing the pass through. He's going to be there for to take up space, be double teamed, and just not be moved out of the way. And for a seventh-round pick, that's good. Like you said, people had him as a priority free agent. That's what seventh-round picks are. It's just – you just draft him so you don't have to negotiate with other teams to try and get the guy. And very clearly, they like what they what, what this guy can bring in there. And I think we said before recording, he was middle school uh, classmates with T.J. Slayton. He was, he played with Spider Garvin a, at Miami, so he knows some of the guys around, which will which will help help him get acclimated during minicamp next week. And and he's a guy where it's a lottery ticket. I mean, if you get a big run stuffer in the seventh round, 
you're very happy. Absolutely. And I mean, Gage, when looking at it, I, the only thing, the only question I would have is, you know, 341, that's kind of what you're looking for for a defensive tackle, but also like any concern with, you know, being being that weight, would you want him to be a little bit, uh, you know, maybe more right around that 320 mark? Or, or is that just part of the position that he's playing? I'm going to focus on one thing about his weight. He was drafted in the seventh round. If his weight does balloon and you don't and you he can't stay in shape and you can't keep him around, it's a seventh round pick. He's not going to cost you a lot of money. He didn't cost you a ton of draft capital to get him. If this was a first round pick, different story. I know that Kirby Smart had comments about Jordan Davis's weight. Jordan Davis was a first round pick, went I believe twelfth overall to the Eagles, twelfth or thirteenth maybe. Um, it was thirteenth, wasn't it? Yep, yep, thirteenth because the Eagles trade up right in front of the Ravens. That he made comments that Jordan Davis could be a three-down player if he ever stayed in shape. That was a first-round pick you had to spend. Green Bay just got a guy who's 6'5", 341 pounds in the seventh round. I'm not as concerned about it as like as I would have been if he was cost you more to keep him. So, yeah, his, his weight doesn't bother me. I also think that weight never really bothers me in terms of NFL players because you can see guys that are like, oh, yeah, I know this guy's overweight, and that yet he still goes out and makes plays every day. Everybody had comments about Eddie Lacy's weight. Eddie Lacy played good football. Yeah, he was a little bigger than maybe you wanted, but he still play, made good plays when he was out there. I think the weight comments are generally overrated, especially for guys that are already carrying a ton of weight like this guy is. He's carrying 341 pounds. 20 pounds isn't going to make a humongous difference, really, in the grand scheme of things. All right. Names to kind of supplement that point. Howard Green, key member of a Super Bowl championship team, a very big guy, no one worried about his weight. And for a guy who won, I don't know how many Super Bowls, Vince Wilfork was a mammoth human being. No one worried about him because he made plays. He took, he did his job. I think Ford can do, not obviously that level, but I think he can be a similar style type of player also quick yeah. note that's completely unrelated to the draft uh matt lafleur is doing his live press conference right now and he actually just said that last week when aaron Rodgers was in town for the bucks playoff game he stopped by the packers facility and then actually jumped in with the uh the workout that was going on there and said that aaron is in fantastic shape as things stand currently as i said completely unrelated to the draft but Packer relevant, and I wanted to make sure that the people listening to this got to hear about that in case they don't follow Twitter. And well, and I mean, all due respect to some of these draft picks, uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably a little bit uh, more on the minds of, of Packer fans than who, uh, who these four seventh round draft picks are. But uh, we'll continue here. Uh, so this next one here, uh, Rashid Walker, uh, another offensive lineman here, offensive tackle out of Penn State. Uh, good size here, 6'6", 313, um, you know, and gauge just more offensive line depth here. Um, obviously, in the seventh round, you probably don't have a whole lot of expectations, at least coming into year one, and um, maybe not setting the expectations um, super high beyond that. But uh, I guess I'm also seeing here that NFL.com had him projected as a third-round pick, so... Um, Interesting to see that, that he's here in the seventh round for Green Bay. So uh, maybe potentially a little bit of a steal here in the seventh round. Oh, 100%, without a doubt. Rasheed Walker was projected to go much, much, much earlier than he ended up going. He was a popular player for a few different reasons. For one, he's a good player. He's 6'6", 313 pounds. 
He played and he started at left tackle for the last two years. He's probably going to, or no, last three years, excuse me. He'll probably be, he projects to be a right tackle or a guard at the next level just due to kind of his athleticism and his arms. But he's a, he's a good player with starting experience on the left side in the Big Ten. It's not like he, he wasn't doing this in, he, he didn't do this in the FCS level. He was doing this in the, in the Big Ten against Aiden Hutchinson. He got to do it in practice every day against Odafe Owe, who was a first-round pick last year. He got to do it against other elite pass Chase Young, Chase Young, George Karlaftis, who was a first-round pick this year. He's got to do this against talented guys that week or week after week for the last three years as a starter at a big-name program. So I like that. And also, Rasheed Walker had one of the funniest clips uh, from his playing time where he – Asserted his will over another player. Uh, if you guys want, aren't sure what I'm talking about, go find Andy Herman's Twitter. Uh, it'll be he is quote tweeted in the last uh, hour or so. So this is about six o'clock there, Central Time on Saturday. Go take a look. Rasheed Walker is a talented player. He's got starting experience and he is a absolute steal. He was ranked by most. Um, he was ranked by most draft experts as one of the top uh, right around 10th 11th 12th uh, for his position and he was much much later than the 10th or 11th tackle off the board so I think Green Bay got an absolute steal here even if Walker is nothing more than a bat career backup tackle he is a steal in the seventh round absolutely you're right and like I, I make my composite like big board every year I go through 10 different boards combine them average amount among the 10 boards, which was for me, Draft Network, Sports Illustrated, uh, Dane Brugler's Beast, Arif Hassan's Consensus, Matt Miller, Kuiper McShay, uh, Tony Pauline, uh, Jordan Reed, and PFF, his average was 123.6. His highest was 177th overall. His lowest was 99th. So he is a writer. He was around a late third, early fourth round projected type prospect. My rankings had him at 113 when you combine those together among all players. To get that at 249, a five-star recruit, three-year starter at left tackle in a Big Ten East program that played in big games time and time again, that's great. And you're right, even if he's just a backup for four years, that is incredible value for a very, very athletic tackle who I think could eventually be a starter at right tackle. And I think it could be a very long-term starter at right tackle. I think he's that talented. Well, there you have it. Some really good depth and value there for Green Bay in the seventh round. Um, and then we get to our last guy for Green Bay here. Uh, is it it's Samori Torrier, uh, wide receiver out of Nebraska, 6'1", 191. Um, obviously, another wide receiver here. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say for Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, that's the idea, but uh, being a seventh-round receiver, although it's not unheard of in Green Bay, there is one famous uh, seventh-round wide receiver in Green Bay that we all know and love, which is Donald Driver. So um, maybe he'll end up being in that same uh, in that same group. But I mean, you know, again, Gage, we're looking at you know a seventh-round wide receiver here. Um, what at best some special teams play this year, um, but. You know, another wide receiver to compete in that wide receiver room. I guess all things considered with where the wide receiver room is at, you know, maybe he can push somebody, but um, most likely special teams for this year, I would presume, correct? Best case rotational is be absolute best case for him, rotational guy. 
Otherwise, he's a special teamer. Worst case, he's just a camp body. You're going to have a ton of receivers every year, and I know everyone's going to say, well, Green Bay doesn't have any receivers, so he might even start day one. No, he's not going to start day one. It's not what he's going to do. He averaged 19 and a half yards per catch last year. He's got these 6'3", 190. He's got good size. He played, again, Big Ten. He went to Nebraska. In the seventh round, that's a guy that you were going to probably sign as an undrafted free agent, and you figure, I'll just go ahead and make sure that no one else can sign him, and you end up with him in your pocket versus ending up in somebody else's camp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the uh, Torrey dominated the FCS, went to Nebraska, like you said, led the Big Ten in yards per catch at 19 and a half, five touchdowns. Also averaged eight yards a carry. He had eight carries rushing. Yeah, if, at worst, he's a camp body. At best, he's your wide receiver five or six. Because I mean, let's, let's very quickly take a look at who's now in that receiver room. Lazard, Cobb, Rogers, Watkins, Wa- uh, Watson, Dubs, Torrey, Malik Taylor, Winfrey. You can, you can work with that. You could easily work with that. There, there's talent there, and Torrey's a big play guy. He may be a practice squad early on, but he could be a guy who could be sneaky, sneak his way onto the roster and get some snaps as a as a deep threat. If if Dubs isn't ready to go or if he gets banged up, you can bring him in there and have him run the nine route. Yeah, well, and you know, again, we talk about seventh round picks. I mean, you know, again, you know expectations are not set through the moon for these guys like some of these, uh, you know, first and second round picks. So um, definitely, you know, going to be interesting to see how some of these guys pan out. Um, You know, Green Bay had what, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks uh, in day three. So uh, you expect some of these guys to make the roster. Obviously, camp will, you know, give us a lot more information, but um you know, at this point, you got seven players, uh, four from the seventh round. So, you know, how many of those seventh round players are actually going to make the, you know, opening 53-day man roster? Only time will tell. But um, so there you have it. You have the uh, the entirety of Green Bay's 2022 draft selection here. Um, got some wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers, got some offensive line, and got a lot of defensive help. So um, real quickly, uh, Gage, just now that you've seen Green Bay's entire draft here, um, what's your kind of overall feeling of how Green Bay did? And um, I mean, obviously, you're not replacing Devontae Adams in the first year that he's gone. Um, The defense seems to have gotten better. But I mean, what do you think of Green Bay's draft overall? And where do you see this team moving into the 2022 season? Uh, give me one second. I got to check my notes. Okay, Aaron Rodgers still the quarterback. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I think that the guy. I think that I like a lot of the pieces they got. It, if you look at like ESPN's draft tracker, which is what I'm using here because it's at least concise and has everybody listed in one spot for me. They didn't address defensive end or tight end. Guess what? They have Devontae Wyatt, who in Green Bay will be a defensive end. Because that's the scheme they play. So he'll. So there you go. They didn't. They didn't address tight end. I don't really care. They have Bob Tunyon coming back. 
Brian Gudikins was talking in his uh, pro's draft press conference about Tyler Davis, who he's a big fan of. They they have other guys. I'm fine there. I'm, and then wide receiver. I love Christian Watson. I loved him when I first scouted him when he uh, when I when I, he first came across my radar when I was scouting Trey Lance a couple years ago. I love Trey Lance, and I was like, wait, who's this guy that he keeps throwing the ball to? And I was like, it's Christian Watson. This guy's going to be good. And then this year, watching everybody else fall in love with him, I was like, you guys are late. I was on this guy two years ago, so I'm glad that you guys are all coming to the party now. I think Quay Walker's a good player. He was even he was viewed as the better linebacker. He, like Nicobe Dean was the the highlight name. Quay Walker was the was the was the ta- the more talented or more NFL ready guy. Plus, he doesn't have the injury issues that Dean does. I'm just ready to watch all these guys get on the field because I think that. Green Bay went to a lot of areas and addressed a lot of depth. And we saw in the playoffs where you had guys getting hurt and that depth eventually wore, ran, ran thin. So I, yeah, Green Bay didn't directly, they didn't trade up and draft the number one wide receiver in this class, but I'm not concerned about it because Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback. Matt LaFleur is still the coach. They're going to find a way to make it work. Well, I couldn't have said it any better myself, Gage. I mean, that's really at the end of the day, the reason Green Bay has been in the playoffs all these years, Aaron Rodgers still the quarterback. You're in a good spot. But uh, Mike, looking at Green Bay's draft overall, um, you know what? What do you think of their draft, and where do you think? Well, you know, how do you see them going into 2022? Obviously, it's early to grade the players yet, but I think as far as the value we got, the athletics, athleticism we got, how we worked the board, this is one of the best jobs I think he's done as far as getting the players that he wants. Quay Walker is the freakiest of freak athletes. Wyatt is, is a productive player and is going to be in there from day one. I love Sean Ryan at guard. He is going to be an ass kicker in the purest sense of the word. He's going to drive into the dirt, talk smack while doing it, and then laugh in your face. Day three, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, Kingsley is a very good pass rusher. I think Dubs is going to be your kick returner, punt returner immediately. They got a lot of guys who can step in the first day of training camp and become solid professionals right away. Whether they become pro bowlers or all pros, that's to be seen. But I do I do really like what they've done, and I think they're in a much better spot going into 2022 than they might have been going into last year. Even though Devontae's gone, as a full top-to-bottom roster, they might be in a better spot. Well, and again, like I said, uh, time will only time will tell where this team is at, but... Um, I know a lot of people really like the, the draft so far from Green Bay. So, I mean, um, obviously with that Georgia defense from last year, if you can get two of those guys on your team, um, probably going to be in a better spot than you were. So, um, well, there you have it, the uh, full seven rounds of Green Bay Packers draft for 2022. Uh, real quick before we wrap up here, guys, I know I do it every week, but uh, just like to put it out there in case we have new listeners. Uh, Gage, if people want to get in touch with you, follow your work, how can they do that? As always, you can find me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL, still doing work for uh, Denver Stiffs mostly right now, also uh, doing the Believe in Nuggets podcast. That's going to be about once a week now with the season officially coming to an end. Uh, and then I'll have some fantasy football and other content over uh, between Roto Baller and other places, uh, but it'll all come out on my Twitter. All right. And Mike, if people want to follow your work, get in touch with you, how do they do that? Again, on Twitter, uh, at Mike Wenland, it is all one word. Uh, my broadcasting work is at Zaleski Sports. I've got five games this next week covering all of sort of central Wisconsin, baseball, softball, soccer, track and field, 
I will be all around doing that kind of stuff. And I'll write, I'm writing for Wisconsin Sports Heroics, uh, doing one of the Brewers writers. I'm doing a lot of weekly recaps as the Brewers right now are continuing to really play super well. And as a baseball fan, that makes me super thrilled. And I'll be doing a lot more research into these draft picks more and more and the UDFAs when, when they get announced as the weeks go on. So you can find everything for me on Twitter as well. All right, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at ProducerNickLB. Um, but, uh, yeah, the 2022 NFL Draft officially in the books now, um, and it's time to get ramped up for camp. And before you know it, guys, it'll be August, and we'll have preseason games, and then it'll be September, and we'll be off and running with the regular season for 2022. So um, with that uh, being said, thank you, everybody, for listening over the past uh month of, as we just gorged ourselves on draft coverage. Uh, it's always a fun time of year to see, you know, where Green Bay puts its needs and interests for the draft. Um, and obviously always getting young, new young talents is always a great thing for Green Bay. So thank you for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go!